What is up, Jerry's gang and the the general public? Wow, we're on the main feed here with Jerry Ga- Jerry's gang bonus episode for September. Uh, Chris, I'm excited that we're doing this. One because uh, this particular topic I've been talking up quite a bit, but two, we haven't really opened up the gate through the paywall for the general public to see what's going on on Jerry's gang. We used to do these kind of reviews on the main show once upon a time, but for some of our new listeners, they may not know that. And so it's really good that you know we can show you all what we do over on Jerry's Gang with the bonus episodes, and and this is one of them. Yeah, I I, w- I would be really interested to know uh, for those of you that are not members of Jerry's Gang, uh, do you do you like uh, more freeform content? Do you, uh, do you do you like the boys uh, straying away from a bracket every once in a while? I mean. Yeah, that's the show. That's Mouse Madness. It's bracketing <laughs> Disney things. But uh, you know, we love we love off the cuff reactions. Uh, we love uh, trying and getting inside the head of Disney Twitter, and uh, we uh, we like reviewing things. And that's uh, that's what we have here today. So I'm excited to to get into it. But if anyone has any uh, comments, reactions about the format for this week's episode, please holler at us. You know how to get. Yeah, hold of absolutely, them. absolutely. And and just to preface for everybody. These Jerry's Gang episodes, we go unedited. The main show, we edit. We make sure that our thoughts make sense, even though oftentimes they still don't make a ton of sense. Uh, here at Jerry's Gang, we're off the cuff. We're just going to be talking. We're going to be having this kind of free-flowing conversation. And so we're not going to edit, which means that I probably should put some sort of warning here at the beginning that you're probably used to us bleeping out cuss words in the main show. Uh, this is going to be an explicit one. So if you got kids in the car <laughs> that you don't want to hear uh, us saying some words, uh, please, please uh, lower your volume and listen at another time because uh, we're going to we're going to get into it. And I think this is going to be a really fun one <laughs> that you're going to want to listen on your own. So um, Pinocchio, I don't remember. Pinocchio. I don't remember when this movie was announced or like what the context was. Um, it was I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure. It was Disney Plus Day last year okay. because they were rolling out a ton of like announcements and they did that teaser with uh, Geppetto and it was like a very like a silhouetted mm. thing uh, into the workshop and it was like with Tom Hanks okay. and we're getting a Pinocchio. I think it was Disney Plus Day last year. Okay, so um, it's been whatever. Like Pinocchio is... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's like one of my favorite uh, Disney animated movies, but we, we always talk about how much we appreciate the, the music, the score specifically, yes. and kind yes. of the, uh, the very like quaint and cozy feel of the movie. And like if I'm recommending a movie that really encapsulates classic Disney, that's usually the one that I would be the first one to go to, um, at least in the, uh, the realm of Walt Disney animation. So, um, I was not necessarily excited, but I wasn't like, Oh, you know, I don't, don't not interested either. Um, but we had a, we had kind of a, a pivotal moment, um, in, in the lead up to this movie when they revealed the teaser or was it a still image of Pinocchio, um, and, and kind of the, uh, the style, 
yeah. and the uh, character model that they were going to was... go with, and it inspired <laughs> uh, Sonic level reactions uh, to the internet. It, it was like a screenshot or a a very short clip from Pinocchio that was involved that was used in a Disney Plus Day promo ad for this okay. year. Okay. Um, so it was in like in a compilation with like Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, all the other random things, not all of them, because they didn't really do that much. But the the other handful of releases that they did on Disney Plus Day, they let little teasers out, and one of the little clips was the the part of Pinocchio keeping his head still but spinning his body around as he's about to go That's off to right. school, That's and right. people were not happy for whatever reason with what Pinocchio looked like in that freeze frame. Yeah, I think. Um you know, I don't think we're ever going to side with Twitter uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff ever, at least not you and me. And I, right. I, like, show me a Disney live action movie where it's not at least a little bit uncomfortable to, to kind of <laughs> see the way in which these things have brought to life. You know, like, yeah. I mean, other than like an animal, like in lion, like a lion, it's just a lion, you know, in the lion right. king. But, you know, I think about some of the, the talking animals in uh, the jungle book or like the treatment for Elliot and Pete's dragon or Will Smith is the genie. Like it's always good. The beast It's always going to be a little bit awkward. And so yeah. I definitely thought that was an overreaction on the whole. I didn't I like, yeah, it was a weird screenshot that went around, but after watching the movie, I didn't, I wasn't really like this Pinocchio looks super weird. I thought it was kind of appropriate in a way, you know? Yeah. He looked like Pinocchio. <laughs> like, he looked, he looked like, like what was he supposed Pinocchio. to look like the other, right. what the, did that they one want? weird version of Pinocchio where he was like, <laughs> had to scale boy features like that right. would look even worse. Probably. Exactly. Like he, he looked like Pinocchio and Diz Twitter loves to latch on to anything that they can and just run with it. And that was, that happened to be it. So yeah, I, I thought that throughout the film, he looked like Pinocchio. We didn't get any weird Sonic level stuff. What we did get is some weird, just CGI interactions with the real world. But we can talk about that in a little bit. Sure. Sure. Um, I think one of my primary takeaways at the beginning of the movie was when uh, Geppetto kind of started uh, marionetting Pinocchio yes. around the Ooh, the, uh, the house. My my reaction was, why don't they sell little Pinocchios like at Disneyland? And, and people yeah. could be like walking around all day with like a little like, you know, knee height Pinocchio. Didn't they used to sell marionettes in uh, California Adventure or something where it was like a fuzzy? There was a marionette phase in theme okay. parks. There was these fuzzy. I have to fi find a picture of it somewhere. I, I, I yeah. feel like that was the thing. But yeah, um, yeah anyway. I asked, I had the same question like so. So CGI with this film, in my opinion, it worked when everything else was also CGI. It did not work when you had the real human element added to a scene in which there are CGI characters. That's where it became this uncanny valley. And that's when Pinocchio and all of the other characters turned into video game engines as opposed to like actual characters. And so that first part where Geppetto is making Pinocchio dance and he's scaring Figaro just like they do in the original film. Yeah. I didn't know why they didn't just hire an actual puppeteer to do an actual puppet of Pinocchio and just just 
keep the the frame tight on like his knees and the and the Pinocchio moving? Why do we need to see Tom Hanks walking around the room when they could just have an actual marionette performer having an actual puppet of Pinocchio? Yeah. It just seems so practical. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I agree with what you're saying about the, the interactions with you. And like that just in general is a hard thing in special effects, like making uh, an example, a good one is, is game of Thrones when people are writing dragons in the history, right. in the history of Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon, there's never been a shot of someone climbing off of a dragon because it's just so impossible to make it look real. Uh, the camera always c- conveniently cuts away, but it, it stood out to me the most when Geppetto was giving Pinocchio a little pep talk on the way to school and he was holding his glove. He oh, was holding yes, his yes. glove, and I was like, yes. that, "I think that's a real glove." And they like yes, c- they like was. CG'd his his like <laughs> elbow into the glove or something, dude. Um, dude, it was in that moment I kind of realized the absurdity of putting an actor like Tom Hanks on probably just a blue screen and having him hold a glove and 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 do his thing. Uh, dude, but, for I me, mean, it was when when Geppetto's holding Figaro for the first time in the wood shop. <laughs> Why didn't they just give him a, a real cat like that, or a, a yeah. fake a fake cat, you know, like a, a puppet cat? He's holding Figaro and he's like trying to transfer Figaro onto the floor, onto the desk. And it's just like he can't keep his hands still enough. Like he's obviously not holding anything. So his hands are like shifting, which requires Figaro to shift. But Figaro wasn't really shifting. So Geppetto's hands were just like entering the body. <laughs> of Figaro as he walked around. So weird. <laughs> Little distracting. Uh, but before we leave Geppetto's workshop, the the first thing that came to my mind, you know that vine of the, the skateboarder? He has the phone and he's like, what? No head? And he throws his phone and smashes the skateboard. Have you seen this? Uh, pro- yeah, I think so. You probably have. It's like a reaction. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had that exact reaction when uh, we didn't get Lil Wooden Head played oh. at all at the beginning I, of the song. I mean, I, I was kind of mentally preparing myself for that. I was like, they're going to hit the they're going to hit the sung pieces, but there's no way they hit us with that. Uh, that classic but that's like score. A, he, no like, way. he like sings. He like hums. That no. Tune. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just what Geppetto's song that he sings in this one, which is bad, gets replaced Ooh. with uh, for for this. Li- you liked that song? No, no. Well, Tom Hanks. Well, Tom Hanks. It, it was interesting. Singing? I mean, I, I have a lot of kind of feelings about Tom Hanks and about Geppetto in this movie. Um, I didn't I didn't like the movie. I thought it was pretty bad. And that was what I expected from it. I didn't think it looked very good uh, going into yeah. it. But and like notoriously, Geppetto is one of my least favorite parts of the animated feature. Uh, I think uh-huh. he's irrational and strange and uh, I, nonsensical and, and kind of hard to sympathize with. I thought that Tom Hanks and Geppetto was one of the few things that worked for me um, in this version of the film. And this this song that he sings about uh, the dead boy that I guess he had a oh. son that's dead, apparently. Um, yeah. And that was always kind of maybe uh, implied in the original that that maybe that was his situation. They definitely made it quite obvious that that was the situation this time around. Um, But he sings this song that's like, why is it a song? Why can't he just like say it? I don't know. But I thought kind of what he was revealing about the Geppetto character was like of interest. 
you know, and, and kind sure. of like makes Geppetto's actions in Pinocchio a little bit more justified. Um, yeah. whereas like, Oh, you had a little wooden puppet that ran away. Like you knew it for like 12 seconds. Why, like, why are you, why are you doing all of these things to get him back? Um, but you see yeah. what the stakes are for Geppetto here. And, uh, and so I, like, I appreciate that just from kind of like a completionist film review perspective. Sure. And that's not really the song that I even have an issue with, with them not having little wooden head. It's the one where he's singing like Pinocchio, Pinocchio oh, as he's like Smokio? dancing. When he says yes. Pinocchio, holy Smokio, I almost threw my iPad out the bus. I was so upset <laughs> sitting on this couch. And like you just said, you thought this movie was bad. Uh, I agree. This movie was fucking awful is what this movie was. Uh, and I was really excited for this film because I wanted to like it. I wanted them to like release this Tom Hanks Disney Plus movie and have it be like decent. And then I would be able to hype it up and annoy everybody with how much I liked it. But I can't even do that. This movie was awful. They're, Disney is lucky that the queen died on Disney Plus Day to take the attention away from Pinocchio being a disaster. Like they are so lucky that the conversation wasn't dominated by how bad Pinocchio was. It, it was awful. So and what, it's yeah. What what was your uh what was your reaction to the uh the, the clocks, the Disney cuckoo clocks? I was I was ready to turn it off and fake my way through this entire review <laughs> because I didn't want to do it anymore. It just it just how it it, it makes disgusting. It makes <laughs> it makes things so complicated. You know, it's it's in a world of like multiverses and cinematic canons and stuff like that, you can't just like throw Woody on a cuckoo clock in a movie that Tom you, Hanks is in that is also Disney, but it's also like 1600s Europe. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's not funny. It's like just no, jarring. it's not. <laughs> yes. And you can't start a film by giving us this, this heart of Geppetto and like justifying his situation to us after us questioning it for the last 80 years and then immediately transition into Oh, also, he has every Disney cuckoo clock on the wall. Like now, now it's just silly. Like we were like, oh, Geppetto, okay, this makes more sense. He had a son that died and he's really lonely and he's, you know, he makes his puppet to fill that void, essentially. And then uh, the clocks go off and there's Rafiki holding Simba up over Pride Rock. Like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. So then uh, the Blue Fairy shows up. Yeah. And, uh, she sings uh, When You Wish Upon a Star, which was not the Blue Fairy song. The original, no. great rendition, but the Blue Fairy never came back. And which, what the fuck is that about? That was like, the weirdest part to me of the whole movie. We, we, we get the Blue Fairy in the trailers being this black woman, and we're like, hell yeah, Blue Fairy about to show up all the time in this film now. And what do we get? The Blue Fairy and all that she stands for is replaced by a fucking seagull. By a seagull who is helping to solve things. Like, come on. What are we doing here? And, and that seagull's not in the original movie, right? I had to kind of... Oh, not even close. I kind of <laughs> had to double, triple thing. I was like, am I misremembering Pinocchio? Because the last thing this movie needs is an additional animal sidekick. Because Geppetto already has two. <laughs> uh, he doesn't need a third one. That's what I'm saying, bro. It's awful. But yeah, the, the Blue Fairy's rendition of When You Wish Upon a Star was 
was wonderful. And I was hoping for more from her. I was excited to see her show up at Stromboli's wagon. But of course, we don't get that, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, I thought that was a really good... I liked that effect a lot. I liked how she showed up. Um, it's not so much just like she kind of appears. There's a, all of this that happens before right. she does. And she kind yeah. of... She like reverse Thanos snaps into <laughs> the room as opposed to just kind of holograms in. So yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And, and I, I liked the... I liked the way Tom Hanks like wished upon the star. Um, yeah, it really kind of made me think of Geppetto in a in a slightly different way. And, and like, yes, he is like fatherly, and he, that's kind of what he's trying to get back. But he's also has this youth youthfulness about him, and yeah. and kind of like the the desire that. Uh, Tom Hanks conveys and like the innocence, I guess, in the way that he's wishing to the wishing star really kind of yeah. like, I was like, Oh, that's kind of an interesting way to look at the character. Like he, I guess he makes a comment about how he like hasn't left his workshop in whatever, however many years, but like, you know, yeah, maybe he's kind of a socially, uh, socially not competent. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I mean, I thought, I thought that was cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, and, and speaking of characters, Jiminy Cricket. What is what was your kind of review on Jiminy? Um started strong. Uh, I don't know who the actor was that was doing Jiminy, but I thought he did a Joseph pretty Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, okay. Okay, well, now now my opinion's changing a little bit. I was going to say I, okay. thought, I thought he did a pretty good job kind of like um replicating the the speaking pattern of the original performer. Um and he kind of kept that sort of like uh i don't know that 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 kind of quick wistful wistful way yes. of talking that was pretty cool but but jiminy yeah. felt pretty helpless you know and when he it, it seemed like he he was a little bit more like of a hard ass i guess uh he wasn't afraid to kind of crack the whip a little bit in the in the um the the animated version so yeah, I but I think even in the animated version, he was playing catch up a lot. I think it, I felt like it was pretty paralleled to the animated version. I I really like Jiminy as a character, and I don't think I think about that a lot. But I really like that character, um, and just their kind of like quick wittedness and their the way that they speak in just really kind of like metaphors <laughs> and similes. Um, I really like his character, and I really liked how they portrayed him in this. I was worried that I was going to be distracted by how he looked. But honestly, like it kind of worked for me. I like that every time he jumped, he <laughs> made the little little cricket sound. I thought yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, and and just, I don't know. He was very endearing. I like that he cracked the whip. It kind of, he kind of reflected what the audience was thinking, maybe a little bit more than, um, than animated Jiminy did, which sure. animated Jiminy abandons Pinocchio. Like in yeah. the middle of it. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, sure. Go off. Go do whatever you want to do. Uh, this one is trying to keep Pinocchio on the right path. So I kind of I really liked that about him. And I was also worried that he was going to become an Olaf. I was afraid that they're <laughs> going to turn sure. him into like the the funny animal sidekick that sticks around for the entire time. And I'm so glad that they kept him true to his character. Um, 
but also allowed him maybe a little bit more freedom to be a little bit more funny. So I thought he was good. So Pinocchio heads to school. Uh, he comes across a pile of horse shit um, and starts like playing and with was, it. Or that was part two of me about to turn uh, it off. That was yeah. That was the moment <laughs> I was like, this movie. It, I was like, is he about to pick up like a horse turd and like he drops his apple near the horse turds and he's looking at the horse turds. And I was I, like, I was like, he's going to pick up like, the horse turd if he picks it up and he's going to take it to school because he thinks it's the apple and then he's going to give a horse turd to the teacher. And I was yeah. like, that would be stupid. But that seemed like that's what they were setting up. No, nope, he was just like looking nope. at some poop, like very, very yep. intently um, Then grabbed the apple and went. That was it. So then then Honest John shows up. You exhaled like that character in this part of the film hurt you it hurt me because the stupidest line in the history of the walt disney company was written yep when he said you need a new name something 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 no i got it chris pine yep awful like what like who is that written for like a four-year-old (laughs) <laughs> or like, do you think that like smart people are going to watch this movie and go like, <laughs> he said Chris Pine. Oh my God. That's so funny. That's a real person. And he's in a <laughs> Disney movie already. My, uh, <laughs> awful. Yes. It was an awful line. And the way four backflips my eyes did in my, my eyelids, but what made it, so interesting was just like it was literally two days after all of the chris pine drama that has been happening oh yeah and i was like somebody looked into their crystal ball like it's such a weird coincidence that like i haven't heard about chris pine years Hmm. years i mean like maybe he's in a film but like outside of that he's not ever like in the news where i'd never see him trending about anything and all of a sudden here he comes with this don't worry darling drama and he's front and center meme meme galore and then disney plus day two days after he's meme galore we get a chris pine reference it was bizarre so in the context of the world that i existed in i was like whoa that was weird. but in hearing it i was like that is that is the worst and there are so many forced lines in this film especially especially from honest john he makes an influencer uh, he makes an influencer yes, joke influencer bad stupid uh he makes it like a tax like a tax evasion actor joke uh-huh, um uh-huh. A, a lot of like weird like specific digs on like actors and yeah the original i think does one of those but it's like one and then it's gone and he just kept coming back to that well to make these yeah. jokes and i'm like the first one was kind of funny but you got to stop. Then he make. Then he was starting to make these like homeschool helicopter parent jokes when Pinocchio got kicked out of the schoolhouse, and he was mm-hmm. make, making these comments about like non traditional learning, like like it was supposed to be like making fun of people who think too hard about why you shouldn't go to public school. I'm like, this is just like, it's it's like cringy because we're in this fantasy world where there's a talking fox, and now you're like making direct references back to the very things that I'm trying to escape by watching this goddamn Disney movie. <laughs> I liked him. I don't think that those those references bugged me as much as as they bugged you. The Chris Pine one, and 
the influencers one. The influencers one almost wished that I got eaten by a monstro because it was so so awful. Um, but I didn't I didn't mind him. I I was very after not getting little wooden head. I was like, oh boy, I swear to uh, God, yeah. If they skip high diddly d or if they turn it into some sort of remix, rap. some sort of <laughs> rap. I would be livid. And they didn't. They introduced it well. You know, he's kind of just humming it along and then they go off on it. But yeah, so he, he didn't bug me too much. I liked Gideon a lot. I don't know if you watched him in the background oh, yeah. throughout like the scenes. Um, he does the good, the good pantomiming in the back throughout every scene that he's in, just like he does in the animated feature, except the animated feature like will cut to him doing it. And instead this one, he's kind of, being goofy in the back. And, I like that. And Honest John was Keegan-Michael Key, right? Correct. Okay, so this, I thought that was genius because you have Keegan-Michael Key and another character who is doesn't have any speaking lines. So in your yeah. head, you go, oh, that's Key and Peele. And you don't right. even have to get Jordan <laughs> Peele for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was kind of an interesting, yeah. but also kind of like unfair to Jordan Peele. Because right, the duo, they're already in the Toy Story as like those those right. like things. So the duck and bunny. Um, okay, so did you like got no strings? I I enjoyed I enjoyed got no strings. I was I think I was hoping for a little bit more of the original from got no strings. Um, the the scene itself, I liked how. I liked how the scene was set. I like Stromboli. I like. I love Stromboli. By the way, really, I thought that that character was was a alcoholic uncle that got a hold of a of a marionette show. Like when he's first introduced, my man is fresh off of a shot for the for his first time since he's been fiending one since he's w- woken up. Like he was big, bloated, sweaty, and I was like, oh, I love this guy. And then he has to like crank up the the machine, uh, the Calliope to to get going for the marionette show. I thought it was fine. I at at the end of the movie, I was upset at how Pinocchio caught on fire <laughs> in the in the I got no strings uh, version of it um, because I was like, as he started catching on fire, I was like, oh man, this is how this is how Monstro is going to sneeze. Because Pinocchio is gonna rub those little feet together, and sure enough, that's what happened. But yeah, I I didn't mind it. The marionettes being CGI, uh, were a little bizarre and a little bit they they were too involved. You know what I'm saying? Like they they were able to do a little too much. <laughs> and and what did you think about uh Fabiana, uh the the new the new character yeah. that that is controlling the um, little ballerina yeah, it, marionette. It felt unnecessary, first of all. So, talking about, I'll get back to her. It's going to all come back to her. I promise, everybody. You brought up at the beginning of this episode that a lot of what we like about the original film, whether or not we like the film itself, but what we like a lot about the original film is is the score and music. And, and we think that both of those do a very good job through that film. Not so much here. No. And like they attempt to at the beginning and it's like, okay, so we're going to have that same kind of feel a little polka ish 
a little bit of the the movie score ish uh, that references the original score. But then once we get to Fabiana, what? What are we doing? So so when especially when Pinocchio gets locked up and and uh or no right before he gets locked up he finds her uh, at the back of the wagon she's like you know practicing her ballet and stuff and then brings out the marionette and goes into that like tango song it was so out of the left field parking lot that it was just you just sitting there like why did we do this I feel like even like teenage 12 year olds are gonna be like why are we doing this you know it was just so it felt like i was watching a different movie it it, it, the original movie is obviously like 70 minutes or something so it almost felt like they were like how are we gonna make this old ass movie that's pretty short into like a feature length film we need to add as much stuff as we can in here to uh yeah kind of make it worthwhile to watch and that felt like it um, it felt unnecessary. It didn't felt like it got in the way really for me at all. It was just like, all right, I don't, I don't really need any of this. Um, and what was confusing to me about it though, was like all of this time Pinocchio is trying to kind of like figure out the world and figure out the, his way in the world. And a lot of it is nonsensical, right? He, he continues to have, he has a little bit more of a brain than the animated version does and and the fairy gives that to him. Yes. And we at the very beginning. So there's there's some room to maneuver in it. But I guess they're also like they must be commenting on how how primitive or natural it is to like feel a connection yes. or feel friendship. Yep. yep. Um and so they I but I what I what they suffer from is that whenever these scenes come up of a a friendship like this, especially in this like kind of heterosexual society that we live in or heterosexual steering society that we live in, automatically it comes off as like a love story um, because he was so rejective of everything else um, until he meets this this girl puppet. And towards the end, at the very end, I think that they do a good job of making it so that it's not so much a love story. Yeah. But at that moment, I was like, ooh. I, yeah, I did think that. I was like, are these puppets yeah. in love or is the right. is the performer like in, Wait, in, into the puppets? Puppet? Like, what? Is she, is she in the puppets? <laughs> but um, no, I would I would offer a slightly different interpretation. And, and this kind okay. of ties back to the Blue Fairy. And this is kind of one of my, I would say my overarching takeaway from this version of Pinocchio. They made it less of a cautionary tale and much more like a coming of age story. And they, they, yes. they made the like being a real boy less of like um, a strict set of guidelines that you need to obey to be a good boy and more of like a you know how how do you like what is a real boy you know like what it what does it mean to be real and like pinocchio that's up to you to find out like what is the human experience and so i think you are it's kind of like what you were saying before like he has a little bit more of a brain he he kind of seems to interact with the world in, in a slightly different way and so i think there's a little bit more sympathy there i did find it interesting how he was having trouble opening up emotionally, but when the puppet was in front of him, he was able to talk with her um, and he was a little bit more comfortable. I would love Nina's take on that because that's uh, definitely that's, like an autism 
thing where, where yep. some nonverbal kids or kids who have trouble expressing their their emotions that makes it easy for them. So I thought that was yep. kind of a cool reference in Disney is is wrapped up in all of that as well. Thousand percent. Uh so they end up going to Pleasure Island. Uh Luke Evans makes an appearance. Uh we we love Luke Evans here on this show. His song was really stupid. That's all I need to say about that. <laughs> Thank you. His song was um, so bad. It was so bad. And, and another like, one. Another one that is just like you could have you could have done actually anything else than this big kind of Broadway number in the middle. And it, it just doesn't fit into your story. They all end up at Pleasure Island. He hooks up with Lampwick. They're, you know, going on the boats. And this, uh, uh, my second least favorite line in the movie comes up when the boat gets hooked onto the Ferris wheel and they're going up and they got the root beers in their hands and yeah. a, a little kid somehow ends up like on top of the Ferris wheel and he goes, yeah. give me that root beer. And he snatches the root beer and starts running away and Lampwick goes, oh, whoa, that kid's crazy. Yeah. Lampwick's acting was awful throughout. I'm like, like what? This is he was who wrote this the actor. It, it felt like a placeholder dialogue, and they were like, I don't know, say what we wrote before. That actor was so focused on the accent that they could not deliver lines to save their lives. Like, unfortunately, it was just his whole character was so so awkward. I did like the little kid running on top of the Ferris wheel because in the animated version, you have kids jumping from car to car in the background of the mm. of the shot of pleasure island on the ferris wheel so it felt like a little bit of a reference to like these kids these kids are rowdy um but lampwick sucked i did not like that portrayal of that character and and this was kind of where the difference in the movies really showed to me you could really see pinocchio's conscious kind of coming yep. out um yeah as he was kind of reacting to a lot of this stuff that was happening on pleasure. I went in the, in the original, he's just ripping stokes, man. He's having oh, a yeah. great time. He's uh, loving it. And this Pinocchio is kind of getting a little bit nervous. You have some weird shadow creatures. I don't know what those were. Um, there, do you remember in the animated, like the henchmen of pleasure Island, there are these big silhouette guys with like the yellow eyes. Oh, uh, I probably not. I don't know. Okay. So that's what these people are supposed to be like. The coachman had henchmen that were, they looked more like they were wearing like these big, they were non-human things that were wearing these like almost like black rubber suits. Oh. And they were the ones that were in charge of like transferring the kids once they turned into donkeys onto the ship. And so in this, they were trying to represent them as like this smoke monster thing. And it just didn't work. Like, especially if you introduce them when you did like we we don't know anything about these smoke monsters why why are there smoke monsters it would have made more sense if they literally were just like silhouetted people transferring the donkeys but here we are having to escape the lost smoke monster from the from the lost island and i think that's like the the primary takeaway for me is that moments like that kind of reveal the problem with these live action remakes that so many of these old animated movies, they were really rooted in the animation itself. You know, it was like, Oh, we want to animate this thing and then let's make a story out of it or whatever. Um, and, and when you have like a real, a real life thing, you approach the film from a different 
way, like logically, totally. you know? And so these things that you might not think twice about in an animated movie, you might be like, what the fuck in a movie yep. like this. And so, you know, it, it's things like that. It's like getting swallowed by a whale and like staying inside there. It's just, I don't know. It, it makes no, all of I'm these, these live action movies feel like one and done's. Um, I'm with you. So, they go find Monstro. Uh, they're in Monstro for like two seconds, which is not nearly Well, don't long forget. Enough. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Seagull comes back. Oh, well, yeah. The seagull. And they don't find Monstro. They find Geppetto on a green screen lake bobbing around. And Pinocchio is water skiing his way to see Geppetto. Uh, and the entire time... I don't remember the lines that Tom Hanks were was ripping off as he's waiting for Pinocchio. Oh, we had an Olaf recap moment. We did. Yep. He's like, you did this and you did this in one day. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah, not great. Um, and then we see Monstro. They get eaten up by Monstro and Chris. I know that in the original one, um, Jiminy kind of tells us that Monstro is this huge like sea monster and then it turns out it's just a whale. And that feels very much like what a a kid or what a small cricket would think Monstro is. They would think this whale is a sea monster. In this film, Monstro is actually a sea monster. Yeah, he has weird like tentacles. Right. I, Why? I don't know. I just <laughs> I don't want it. it. I want Monstro that, the Whale. By that point in the movie, I was like, nothing makes sense I anymore. Know. So I know. Monstro I know. might I know. as well have tentacles. So he might be a squid monster combo. Um, so anyways, the movie wraps up. Um, Geppetto dies and Pinocchio cries a tear into him. And Geppetto comes back to life. And they leave the ending ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, Blue Fairy doesn't come back and say, you're a real boy now. It ends, and Jim Jiminy comes on screen and says, did he turn into a real boy? I don't know. You'll never know. No, no, he could have, because what is a real boy? No, who's, right. whose job is it to tell anyone what is real and what is not real? Which, right. is, which is the perfect ending for a movie in, in 2022, where uh, there, <laughs> yeah. there can be no black and white, everything must be relative. Uh, there is no truth anymore. So... I didn't, I mean, I didn't mind that. I, I always kind of like some ambiguity. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, was I wasn't emotionally attached to the story or the characters so much that I was frustrated that it didn't, you know, the, yeah, only, the, clo- the loop didn't get closed. You know, I mean, this is a different movie, so I, you know, it, it should have something different in it. You know, the only thing that I was frustrated about was how quick we went from dead Geppetto to the end of the film. It just felt uh, yep. like once once he was revived, bada bing, end of the movie. <laughs> so yeah. that felt a little bit weird, but I loved the ambiguous ending. I thought that was a great way to end this like new retelling of the movie. It didn't save it from being awful, but it it definitely made me be like, okay, that was nice. I like that ending. Um. And and that's the movie. I, that was kind of a combo uh, recap summary of the movie and, and, a, and a, a review of our thoughts. I don't have anything else to add. I kind of went over everything I wanted to talk about. Um, did you have any any last kind of Pinocchio thoughts you wanted to get off your chest? I know you wrote a lot. 
<laughs> I did write a lot and we we talked about it all. We had some overlapping notes here. Sure, uh, I mean, sure. I I was I can't say that I was necessarily disappointed uh, because I, even though I did want to like it, it wasn't like I was keeping my sense of happiness writing on this Pinocchio Disney Plus release. But I was hoping that they would do it justice because I, as you said at the top, like this is a film that maybe we don't necessarily love because of its story, but it has such warmth to it Yeah, uh, from its animation and music and even it, bits of the, of the film itself feel very warm. And so I was really hoping that they would embody that or keep some of that. Uh, I, I do admire what they attempted to do. I still think that like in the scenes in which it's like Pinocchio, Jiminy, Honest John and Gideon, the animation looks great. Like I think that the the CGI and how everything flows, it just looked fantastic. But it's once we enter the real world and that's just what we're going to get forever. And I think and I the last note that I wrote was like, I think that if they could just if they could get that CGI correct and I'm I'm getting into the future here. If they can get that CGI with real people interacting with this, what we think are kind of realistic CGI portrayals of characters, if they can nail that in this next year and a half, then Little Mermaid's going to be really good. But what they've shown us with Pinocchio is that they're not there yet. And so now we're entering a realm in which our main character is going to be underwater for the first quarter of the film. And that scares me because I really want Little Mermaid to be good. Um, but, you know, who knows? So this movie was not good. I'm never going to watch it again. Uh, I, I appreciate them attempting to to make it happen, but it just did not land. And it was the right choice to put on Disney Plus, I think. I think if I saw it in theaters, I would have been <laughs> this would have been an hour and 45 minute show. <laughs> I mean, that's what I was going to say is I think Disney Plus is is the perfect spot for these projects. I hope that Working that's out. where they keep them moving forward. Um, I don't think they'll ever drive me back to the theater, um, at least not to watch a, a, a remake. But um, that's our thoughts on, on uh, yeah. the live action Pinocchio, everyone. Um, if you got something to say about it, hit us up, uh, Podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on any of our social medias as you always do. If y'all enjoyed this content, yeah. If you enjoyed the non-bracket conversations and you feel like dropping us a fiver once a month <laughs> and you want to come listen to us do stuff like this two times a month, you want to you want to hop in on the old Jerry's Gang trivia, which we had nine, oh, yeah. we had nine people at trivia last time. Hey, it was super squad. fun. It, it roll up. Mouse Madness podcast. Yeah, uh, patreon.com slash mouse madness podcast patreon.com slash mouse madness that's the one um, that is yep that's it and uh, it's linked in the description of the pod too so uh, hit us up there we'd love to have you appreciate your patronage patronage as always to those Jerry's gangers that are already patrons we appreciate you you know it you know we take care of you you take care of us we got you um, appreciate we you. Got you we got you we appreciate you <laughs> anyways um, we're, we're back to bracket episodes next week um, we've got uh, we've got a good one cooked up uh, we're, we're starting to get a little spooky out here on the Mouse Madness podcast, so um, be looking forward to it. I uh, hope y'all are having a great fall, and we will see you next time. <laughs>